that a lot. I won't do that. You'll sit there and do that. All right. And I don't like that. Okay. That's what you don't like. Okay. That's what I don't like. There we go. Okay. But I love you. I know. Okay. Okay. I have a strange feeling some of this might appear in the intro. Well, welcome to the Ask Anything podcast, because some things are better said than read. My name is Peter LaRuffa, and today I have with me my wife, Sarah. And um, we decided that we wanted to answer some questions that were submitted uh, recently on our way back from South Carolina when mm-hmm. we were um, coming back from Thanksgiving. We had I threw up an Ask Anything thing on Instagram and said to submit questions for either me or for Sarah or for both of us. And uh, we love the questions that we got. We had a, a lot of fun answering them. But there were two in particular that I thought would be helpful to uh, discuss together. And so, and I remember back when I was telling you that I wanted to do this, you were like, yeah, I'll do that with you sometimes. Yeah. Like, it wasn't something you were against. Like, yeah. this isn't, I've not dragged her in here kicking and screaming. No, um, because no, we had so much fun doing the videos after Sunday service. We did. During and COVID, during people quarantine. People, yeah. every once in a while, still ask me, like, are you guys going to ever get back yeah. into... Post so here videos. it is. Here it is. This, this is, is what we're giving you. Yeah, this is it. One of the questions was this. What's the best mothering advice you can give? Um, which always, I don't like best, favorite. I don't like those questions. I feel right. a lot of pressure with those questions. What's your favorite movie? R- really? Of Wow. Of all the movies ever? Right. And that could change. Movie. And it can change. Yes, right. So. New ones come out. And... But anyway, how was asked. What's the best mothering advice you can give? And I think there's a smiley face on it. And you said something like, uh, I don't know if this is the best mothering advice, uh, but it's the advice that comes to mind on an eight-hour car drive. And you said, know and love Jesus. And then between the ages of one and ten, focus on instruction more than relationship. Mm-hmm. And then between the ages of ten and twenty, focus on relationship more than instruction. And that's something that we've we've said to others, and we've said that's what we've ended up right. doing. Um We've so seen a lot of fruit from that. Yes. I so think far. we've seen a lot of fruit. From, right. We should also say that. Like, we're totally in the middle of this. We're not on so these. So we these, humbly like, answer this question. Yeah. We're not on as parenting experts at all. At all. It was just, you asked for the best mothering advice you Don't could Don't look give. for a book. And she, yeah, exactly. Podcast, yes. Book, no. Um, best mothering advice that she could give, and that's what you got. And that's based on our experience. Um, and I would say... Let's first focus on this. You said know and love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think some people could be like, well, duh. Yeah, I know. That's the Christian answer. When you say know and love Jesus, what are you picturing? Help me understand what's coming to your mind when you said know and love Jesus. You're not just saying be a Christian. Right. What What are you saying when it comes to mothering? Why did you think to say know and love Jesus? Um, because I think that parenting philosophies will come and go. Mm-hmm. Uh the wisdom that we glean from different generations will change, um, but the Word of God doesn't. Mm-hmm. And Christ, the, the, the hope and the grace that we find in Christ and the gospel is really what gets you through the hard days. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and knowing His Word will help you navigate just building a foundation of principles in how you... right parent because every family's different mm-hmm. it's different individuals with different life circumstances and so i think on the practical level there isn't going to be a one size fits all except for god's word right and before how you had said uh 
I forget how you said it, parenting philosophies come and go. Yeah. But our identity in Christ, right. the word of God stands forever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. And so it's important that we're rooted in something that's not going to change. And not only parenting philosophies change, but your role as a parent changes. Right. Like we just celebrated our oldest 18th birthday. Right. Um, and I'm not saying you stop being a parent when your kids become adults, but if your identity and your value that you, or the way you value yourself or your role in life is so caught up in a kid or having kids, Mm -hmm. that is meant to be a temporary season in life. When those kids leave the nest, you need to have something else to fall back on when that job is over or over being your primary, primary role in life. Right. I think it's especially important because I don't know, maybe we've, I don't think I've ever asked you this, but this is something that I was just thinking. I feel like, especially within conservative Christian circles, um, parenting uh, and parenting in a godly way is certainly something that we want to do. But I think particularly for moms, they wrestle with that being their sole identity, the center of their life, maybe more than dads do. I leave the home. I go to a job. I have things. Other things are vying for my time and affections that remind me I am not. I'm a father. But I'm not just a father. Mm-hmm. But I think for moms, um, that role of being a mother, that role of making sure that since you're, the, at least in our family context, you're the primary caretaker. You're the one providing for them. When we homeschooled, which we'll talk about later, you're the one who is pouring into them and educating them more than me. And so I think um, knowing and loving Jesus is particularly important for moms because, I mean, you don't want your role as a mom to become your all and all. Right, yeah. So that's something that I think is important to think through as parents, but especially as a mom. Um, Okay, and then the next thing you said was between the ages of 1 and 10, um, focus on instruction Mm -hmm. more than relationship, and then between the ages of 10 and 20, relationship more than instruction. Uh, That sounds like it's like... Don't have a relationship have with your relationship baby until they're ten. They're that's not, not worth. We, it's just that's not, not worth what it. that means. It's not even fun. No, I'm kidding. I yeah, mean, so what does it mean? Well, yeah, and mind? this is like brushing with a very broad stroke right. because um, everybody has different experiences. But typically, you know, the baby, the toddler, the young children—not um, all the time, but m- most of the time—they're sweet, they're cute, they're cuddly, and you can make them happy. So, you know, you can just develop this really sweet relationship and just make them happy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's easier to keep them happy than it is to instruct them and teach them the way that they should go. Mm-hmm. And then when they become less cuddly and sweet and cute and they become bigger and harder and more vocal, then we kind of switch to that instruction when really relationship at the preteen and the teen stages is so vitally important. Right. And it's almost like you pay up front and you, at least what we've seen is we did the hard work up front. And it's not that we didn't enjoy parenting up front, but we did the hard work of instruction and discipline up front and reap the rewards on the back end. Right. Because we did that up front. Right. And so to focus on instruction uh, in the younger years Teaching, I mean, the first word we taught Justin, do you remember what it was? It was no. It was no, right. 
Well, we tried mom and dad. And yeah, right. So that didn't really work. So we just went with no. We'll just go with no. I think then it was dad also. I do too. I think it was dad. So, but teaching him no. And so do you remember he has a pudgy little hand mm -hmm. reaching over for the floor lamp. I use this in some conference uh, illustrations sometimes Because he well. liked to pull it down on himself. He loved to pull the floor lamp down on himself, right? He was just that kid. He still does this. No, he doesn't still do this. Um, but he would reach over and we would, so we would say no, and then he would stop. Now, what we could have done was move the floor lamp. We could have decided that the lamp was going to move into a different room for the time being. I'm not even saying that's wrong to do, but since we were focusing on instruction, we would like our lamps where they were, and we would rather take the hard, necessary road, or the hard. We would rather do the hard and necessary work to teach him that no, that lamp's going to stay there, and you're not going to touch it. But lots of times, on and the most people love their lamps to stay where they are. Right. So we're going to be in other people's homes and in other places, and so right. lamps just need to stay. Lamps, lamps just shouldn't be constantly touched right. by your pudgy little hand. And so, over and over again, right. we would have to say no. He would do it again. He would give us a look. We, you know, spank right. his pudgy little hand, and he would cry. Uh, we would hug him, and then he would do it. But I mean, that's hard work. It. I do understand parents saying, "This isn't. This isn't working. This isn't worth it." We're, I've had to do this six, seven, eight times. It's not getting through. But I think if you stick with it, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not speaking for every parenting situation, I think it's worth sticking with, because you want to be able to have those easy relationships later on in life, and not have to be wrestling with the same things. Mm -hmm that you could have been wrestling with earlier. Um, and then I know there's something that I've said before, which is the relationship trumps the issue. Right. The relationship trumps the issue. And so what that means is particularly, now I'm talking about really preteen and teen years. So let's go from 10 to 20. Uh, I remember a situation um, in particular where there was a, we've been very blessed with our kids I think we've had a, a, a good, it hasn't always been easy, but we've had, a, a by God's grace, a very good experience in raising them, and we're still raising them. Um, but there was one particular... So maybe it'll change. So maybe, right. But there was, there was one... No, that's not like karma. We're not, no, no, that's not how it works. But anyway, uh, there was one particular time when there was an issue that we dealt with that involved some deception that had come to light. And um, we came down hard on this particular child because mm -hmm. we really care again because relationship is so important relationships can't exist without trust right and i need to know that when i'm not looking you're doing the right thing right and so we come down it's not even about it's not so much about what you did but the fact that you were caught in the, in the way that you were caught and the way that this deception manifested itself that's really not cool and so we came down pretty hard, at least in LaRufa world, with a consequence that was probably the biggest that this child had ever had. And it was a really, really hard time. But the next day, um, I decided, and this was, I had to lean in to do this because the relationship trumps the issue. I decided to take this child out to hang out. And the child looked back at me as if like, I thought like, I'm in trouble. And it's like, well, yeah, you are, you are, there has been a consequence you're still my child. I'm still your father. That hasn't changed. So now it's not like you have a consequence and now it's going to be weird also for a couple of days, like just because the relationship trumps the issue. We've dealt with the issue. Uh, we've, we've, we've given you a consequence, but we still have a relationship. And I want to make sure that the relationship that we have 
uh, is not based on your good behavior or bad behavior. It's based on the fact that you're my daughter, you're my son. And so that's what I mean when I say the relationship trumps the issue. We don't, we try our best to not let issues affect our relationship. We try to keep them as separate as possible. Would you agree? Yeah. Um, you look like you were going to say something. And then I forgot it. Oh, that's a shame. Well, <laughs> you just jump right in if you do, if you do remember it. Well, um, I was, uh, it's a hard thing to do, though, when you're yeah. in conflict with somebody to lean into. Um, and I think it takes, it took me a lot of practice because um, fear can kind of take hold. And there's this thing, there's this mindset of if I show you love and grace, it won't make you see the seriousness of your sin. Right. When, A, that's not what God does with us. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're never going to be drawn towards change when you're constantly under condemnation and shame. So right. to be brought back into relationship, for the relationship to be made right immediately mm -hmm. is is hard, but it's it's we've seen just so many good things come out of it. Yeah. Uh, you said that's not the way God deals with us, so I was thinking Paul says in Romans it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Right. right. And um, which goes against my parenting instinct. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots in the Bible that goes against my parenting. I mean, James chapter one, which says the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I always think, yeah, but, but right there, the yeah, but that's a problem. Right? right. Yeah. But I have to make sure that they know how serious this is. Yeah. I have to make sure. Yeah. But this is different. But I know it says the wrath of man won't produce the righteousness of God, but maybe this time it will, or maybe this time it's necessary. When in reality, that this anger. Is different. Yeah. This is different. God did not know that we were, he, he did not consider right. my four children. Um, and so that's obviously, obviously foolish. And so, yeah, I think it's important to focus. I like what you said about focusing on instruction in the younger years so that you can reap the benefits of relationship in the older years. But still, I feel like there are people who would be listening right now who would say, yeah, I did that. I did that. And I still wrestled with relationship in the in the older years. Or, yeah, yeah I, I wrestled. I, I sure. fought tooth and nail to make sure that I was parenting as best as I could. And I was in it. I was not just laid back. I wasn't trying to just be super right. gentle and kind. I tried my best. And I think it's important. We're not saying this is not an if-then statement. This is not a formula. Right. There are no formulas. There is zero formulas. So zero. it's not if you focus on instruction in the younger years. You'll have a relationship. Right, in the right. Well, this yeah. Go back to then. one. No. No and love. No and love Jesus because yeah. There's no formula, and you're not. You can't produce. Right. Something. Yeah. But to know and love Jesus. Um, that's just what's going to keep you, your head above water, mm -hmm. during those difficult parent parenting years. Right. Which might come about because God is going to use that time in that child's life, or God is going to use that time in your life mm -hmm. to cause you to trust him more and to lean on him more for strength and endurance. You know? Right. And so we're speaking about parenting. I just want to be clear. Generally speaking, general axioms, right? That's what Proverbs is. They're general truths, right? Eat too much honey and you will vomit. How much right. is too much? Eh, you'll know when you, I mean, you'll, you know, so it's, there's general truths that are presented here. So we're saying right. generally, or uh, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. That's a general axiom. 
It's a proverb. It's not a promise. But generally speaking, this is generally true. And so generally speaking, we're saying know and love Jesus, focus on instruction in the younger years, and then focus on relationship in the older years. Don't be tempted to reverse that um, because we found it to be beneficial to do instruction first and then relationship. Yeah. So uh, another question about parenting is how did you decide how to school your children between all the options given? And so let's first talk about our schooling background. So sure. I was, I went to half day nursery school, then I went to public school from kindergarten to third grade. And then my parents moved me out of public school in New York City, seeing ahead where I was going to be headed and where what we were zoned for, the schools we were zoned for were really, really, really rough, rough academically, rough socially, pretty violent places. My high school actually doesn't exist anymore. Um, so they put me into Catholic school, not so much for Catholicism, but really more because of the education that I could get there. So I had Catholic school from fourth grade straight through eighth grade, the end of middle school, and then I went to a Catholic all-boys high school from ninth to twelfth grade that if you're listening in the northern Kentucky area, the more I hear about Covcath, the more it sounds like my high school sure, yeah. experience. Um, how about you? I attended private Christian private school until fourth grade. And then from fourth grade to twelfth grade I was homeschooled. So right. different. Mm -hmm. different schooling backgrounds so we have very different school we also have very different opinions of those seasons in our life like for like i loved high school you loved high school loved high school four of the best years of my so life weird loved it it was just i'm not saying it was always easy but yeah that's not a down time for me where you were like it was not that punch me in the face i never wanted to not high that. school no again um anyway so then when we i think when we first got married um, well, when we first got married, we were planning on having Justin when we had Justin, but God had right. different plans, and so we had Justin. And so now all of a sudden we're thinking through schooling options. But homeschooling was never on the table. Yeah, we had never – we decided we, we never, didn't want to do and, – And not even that. It's not like we had a sit-down discussion of do you want to do this. It just wasn't ever something that we yeah. had put on the table. Right. I was largely unfamiliar with it. You had been through it. Um, didn't and have a desire and just didn't have a desire didn't to, have a desire to do it to do it and so Justin went to kindergarten mm -hmm. in public school after kindergarten which we loved wonderful but then we were looking ahead and we realized how long his school day was mm -hmm. I was working in student ministry at the time and so time together as a family is really really important to us and what I started noticing is you know what my schedule ramps up when kids are off from school, right? That's when I'm taking a five-day road trip called Quad Quest. So that's great. I can get the kids, the students to come with mm -hmm. me, but then I'm not going to be with my son for his fall break. Or during the summer or during other school breaks, when life usually for families calms down, my life ramped right. up. And so we valued... And you were home a lot. You were home a lot in the mornings I and out a lot in the evenings. Right. I, I could be home a lot in the mornings. I right. have the flexibility to do that, but then right. it's usually in the evenings or after school hours when I would be... My right. work would be ramping up as much as as much as possible. And so the primary reason we decided to homeschool was not because we didn't like his public school experience. We loved it. No, it was the flexibility and freedom with our time. Flexibility and, and, and time, yeah, to be able to spend that time as a family. And I was familiar enough with homeschooling, obviously, that mm -hmm. it wasn't incredibly daunting right. to kind of step into that. And so we did that with Justin through – his eighth grade year, mm -hmm. um, and we did it with the rest of the kids as well. So 
Um, they're about three years apart, three grades apart. And so we were homeschooling all the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I, I loved it. I loved yeah. it. I loved the flexibility. Uh, yeah. I loved contributing what little I contributed. I don't think I contributed a lot. Yeah. But I enjoyed what that meant for our family and was super thankful for the sacrifice yeah. and the labor of love that you gave to our family to be able to make that to make that happen. And it had its pros and cons, but overall, for those nine years, it was working really well for us. The pros outweighed Far the outweighed the cons. Yes. Yeah. And... Um, but then in, until it didn't until it didn't right <laughs> um, and it didn't I think it was slowly <laughs> just slowly it was like okay Justin's getting a little older um, I'm now seeing a little bit nothing outlandish but a little bit of a relationship tension between mm-hmm. you and him with, that's manifesting itself during school and I had always said I don't know if people agree with this but I've always said I can outsource your education but I can't outsource your mom and so I really, really care about the relational dynamic between you and Justin, and um, I also care about his education, and I didn't want the relational dynamic to be something that was always so tense, where it was, I could come home, I would come home from work, and dad's home, and everybody's somewhat happy to see me, um, where for you to take off the school hat and put on the mom hat, that's kind of hard to do. That's not a reason not to homeschool. This is just something that I was noticing. And just the way that Justin's wired and his desire to be uh, around other kids and to be involved in other things. And Justin, I think, does well with a healthy sense of competition um, Mm -hmm. in keeping up with the Joneses. Not really morally speaking, but just like he does well on teams. He does well with with people. I thought he would do well in -hmm. school. So we made the switch to put him in public school in ninth grade. And so he is about to graduate, Lord willing high school and he spent his high school in ninth grade uh mm-hmm. no not his high school in ninth grade that would be terrible <laughs> he spent his high school in public school um and yeah that's when we made that switch and so the question was how did you decide how to school your children between all the options given i think we took um we took it year by year mm-hmm. we never said we're going to do this forever we said year by year we made a a new commitment do we want to continue homeschooling do we want to continue for all the kids? Did it work? And for several years, we said yes. And then just as time went on, we thought, you know what? I think it'll be best for these three, but not this one. And then we said, I think it'll be best for this one, but not these three. And that was actually, Jonathan was the one that we kept at home. And we sent Silas and Emma to school. So there was Silas, Emma, Justin. And then we were going to send everybody to school. And then COVID hit and everybody came home, which was just amazing because which, it was COVID. Yeah. And we got to see what rock stars teachers are oh, gosh because we were very our blessed. kids were in our home doing their lessons and it mm-hmm. was just so hard not ideal and yet it happened mm-hmm. they made it work talk about the transition of sending justin to school and that decision um i remember us making that decision together but when you describe it a lot you describe it as me kind of leading you to that sure to some degree i don't remember you being super scared about it but what do you recall? Really? Oh, yeah. Really scared? Lots of, I cried. Well, yeah, you're a mom and it's kids. and it's It is. It is. But I think overall, we never viewed. So, I mean, you could basically say in our area, there's three types of ways to educate your kids. There's homeschool, private school, and public school. Right. And we never um, thought there was 
one that was best. Mm-hmm. It was, they were just all different. Mm-hmm. And when we kind of started to see that maybe homeschooling wasn't best for us at that time, and that public school was our other option, mm-hmm. um, I think that there was, I mean, I'll, just to be transparent, I think that there was, there was a part of me that I'd been homeschooling for so long that it felt really odd, the idea of not teaching one of the kids or all of the kids but it was just Justin at that time Mm -hmm. and that was something that you helped me kind of put off that and I didn't need to feel guilty for that Mm -hmm. this was you know another good decision right we weren't making the switch because you had failed at homeschooling right right you had prepared them very well very well for that transition as best as we could um but I think we as parents can carry a lot of that unnecessarily that that guilt that if you make the wrong like this could be wrong this Mm -hmm. decision and then completely mess up their life or you're being selfish or or whatnot right but i also there was a lot of fear in the unknown Mm -hmm. now at that time it wasn't unknown to me i viewed it as known like this probably will happen right yeah despite both of our inexperience with public schools and public schools in northern kentucky yeah. I mean, yeah. not only did I never go to one, and you never went to one. Right. But we had also not been part of the public school system in nine years. Right. Well, and then, do you remember it occurred to me, I was like, every opinion I have on these schools comes from people who are not involved in them. Right. It's from and people And believe me, who you can like, find an article to back up any opinion absolutely. that you want to have or develop. And so that's when we decided to, like, let's go tour schools. Let's talk to right. people who are actually working in these schools and we toured a few different schools and and i was still nervous yeah it's like just wow this is amazing no but there's what still... what did we what was our what did we keep coming back to we will not ever make a decision out of fear right or the unknown right and so if the driving factor and this takes a lot of discernment right like we have to really think about like you know for you to not touch a hot stove because you're scared of getting burned there's a little bit of wisdom there but right. if the driving force behind this decision to do something or not do something is fear, we need to come up with a better reason. Mm-hmm. And so we weren't, if the only reason to not send them to school, uh, to public school, was going to be fear, we decided that wasn't, I guess I would say that wasn't reason enough to not do it. Right. We did not want to do something out of fear. Right. Nor we were do we only want to going to, yeah, we are only going to allow in facts into our decision making. Right. If it wasn't a fact and we didn't know it for sure. Right. Then we weren't going to use that to, to make our decision. Mm-hmm. And that was helpful. It felt yeah. really wrong in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But it ended up being just a key factor in mm-hmm. being able to explore these new options and to walk down these new roads. Right. And I think it's also important, the switch that we made, it's not like now we've seen the light. No. Like, oh, we shouldn't have done it. Or, you know, I'm not thinking, oh, because we're in public school now, we should have been in public school from day one. No. Um, nor was I thinking that... Um, when I look at people who homeschool straight through high school, I'm not thinking, oh, then that's what we should. This is just, this is what worked for us. I actually, I was thinking about this the other day. I look at what our kids' experience would have been in public school when they were younger, and I think, oh, wow, that would have been really cool. And I look at some of what I know people who homeschool through high school, and I think, oh, wow, that would be really cool. Right. I still can can acknowledge that even though we've chosen to do what we're doing, we're missing out on certain things that are just available through the other methods. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I really miss B 
being able to go on vacation whenever we want. Yeah, so I was literally convicted because I was like, should we send them to school? And I was like, but the prices for vacations are really expensive. And I'm right. Like, I'm yeah. about to make a decision about my kids' education based on off-peak like beach house prices. And that's probably not awesome Yeah. decision-making right. methods. Um, so yeah, I miss the flexibility. I miss the... Uh, there's a lot I miss from it, but I think it's it's worked out really great. We haven't regretted it. No. Um, it's hard. Uh, this year we have a middle schooler for the first time. That's pretty hard. Um, but we still think the pros outweigh the cons. Yeah, for sure. We've mm -hmm. had... The hard has not been bad. It's no. been a good hard. Right. We've all grown a lot and we've learned a lot through those hard things. Right. And these are just hard stages of life, so... Mm -hmm to say it was just the schooling. It's like, no, it wasn't because we, we right. homeschooled through some of those stages and absolutely it was just as hard. But um but I also can say that every single fear that I chose to set aside has never actually happened. Come to fruition. Right. right. And that was like Which that's is the case really for most, freeing. most things we worry about. Like I've been telling people that I think since COVID it just occurred to me or I read it somewhere mm -hmm. like have you ever thought about the fact that most of what you've worried the most about in life has never come to pass? So the yeah. things that you're most worried about, if you look back on them, most of them, maybe even all of them, haven't come to pass. They've just been, they've, yeah, they've been fruitless. You'll never get that time back. And so, yeah, to your point, everything we were concerned about or worried about hasn't been a thing, and we've just been, we've been grateful for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're going to do until... So we told, feel like we shouldn't. So we feel like we shouldn't, right? Yeah. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. Oh. That was that was easier than I thought. Yeah, it's not that hard. It's, it's fun. It's really easy when it's a conversation. So yeah. thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, once again, you can follow me on Instagram, and there's a link in my bio there where you can click on the uh, Ask Anything link, and you could submit a question anytime or take a look for the Ask Anything story to be posted usually on Mondays or Tuesdays, and I look forward to hearing from you then. 